What a difference a week makes. After starting 0-3, the Knicks have won 5 of 6 games led by MVP candidate Chris Dapps Porzingis. A career-high 40 points versus the Pacers Sunday night wasn't the only bright spot for New York as Frank Nielakina hit huge threes and even Tim Hardaway has picked up his play. All of a sudden, the vision for this team is starting to make some sense. We'll talk Knicks going forward and go around the NBA in a moment. But first, Chris, how are you? Hey, Steve. You know what? What a difference a week makes, like you said. The Knicks look like there's some life, look like they are a young budding team, the, th- the team that we didn't expect to be so good so soon, to be honest with you. Um, I'm really excited about what I've seen. I love the ball movement. I love the way the team has has gathered and and played well with Porzingis as the lead man, you know? Um, I'm really excited. I, You know, th- where do we start here? Like, Porzingis legitimately looks like an MVP candidate, and the, and the crowd at MSG, at least on Sunday, recognized this is a special player. And he won them over by saying, "We because they were down 19 points in the third quarter. They came back because of him. And at the end, he says, we just have that New York grit. And I, I don't think anything encapsulates the team better than those Words. He said that on the court post game, and when he said that, the crowd who was still on hand listening to him went nuts. They went nuts. It's he's really figured out how to capture this New York fan base. He's obviously now a fan favorite. Would you say he's the best player since Ewing? I would. Here, I probably would. You know what? I think I, I have to respect Carmelo Anthony. I think he was probably the best player since Ewing. Okay. So I put him up there. But it's, I think it's still too soon, though. It's too soon. It's, but, just, it's still too soon, but he's showing me things that I've never seen a player do. Like, a seven-footer who can shoot threes, block shots, and score, like, 40 points? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen that anywhere. It's, it's the best scoring start by a Nick ever. He scored 15 straight points between the third and the fourth quarters yesterday to get the Knicks back in that game. Yes, we're not ready to say he's better than Carmelo Anthony was for this team just yet, but, but you is know he what? a legit MVP candidate? Oh, of course. Like Compare that to the records of what? The Knicks right now are 5-4. and four. They have a better record than the Thunder, where Carmelo Anthony's at, and the Cavaliers, and a bunch of other teams that we expected to do much better. So, Porzingis is definitely, a, 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 I would say, a top five. Maybe, who would you put up there? I would obviously put Giannis up there for what he's done. Okay. Uh, you know James Harden in Houston. Oh, James Harden, he killed it. Also, you know, he's fifty-six he's points. He's incredible. You know, you can't you can't really do anything without LeBron James being in the picture. Uh, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant in Golden State. You know, it's, it's the usual cast of characters plus G, uh, plus Giannis, Dendikumbo, and now Chris Porzingis. You know what? As much as as much as I want to give Chris Asprosinus the credit for winning, because he's obviously a big part of that, I have to say everything changed when Hornacek switched up Ramon Sessions with um, Jared Jack. I totally agree. With once that. once he substituted those two, I think that's where the Knicks started. The offense really started to flow. You see the ball movement going from Courtney Lee to to Chris Apps to Ennis to. To he just knows how to set up the team and get the offense working the way it's supposed to work, and I think if when we look back at this season and if the Knicks make the playoffs, I think that'll be the move that really changed the the outcome of everything. 
And again, Jared Jack is not shooting the lights out. He's shooting 34% in his, you know, limited playing time. But he's really orchestrated this offense. He's getting the ball where it needs to go, which is to Cantor on the inside, to Porzingis anywhere, and and to Tim Hardaway outside. And, and you want to know another interesting fact. This team is averaging the most assists since their 94-95 team. That was the year after they made the finals? Chris, that's more than 20 years ago. I know. That's remarkable. And I'm just so impressed by by the way they're passing the ball. It's it's a team it's a team game. Even though obviously individually Porzingis is is you know shooting the lights out. You know, and you know you mentioned Jared Jack, and he again he was a real bright spot in the last couple of days, uh, last couple of games. He was inactive to start the year. R- Ramon Sessions was the starting point guard. We could Jared Jack was not getting playing time, but you saw last night. Jared Jack was very good again, you know, helping lead this team assist-wise, but it was Frank Nielakina, the rookie, who played the entire fourth quarter during that comeback. And you know what? I respect Hornacek for, for, for doing that because it it honestly takes some some balls to, like, let your rookie, like, take the reins and, and you know, facilitate the offense. And what I also enjoyed is that Jack, during the timeout breaks, he would always, like, he would be. He would always approach Frank first and be like, "It it it seemed like he was giving him encouraging words and advice." So, I think that it's it's such an encouraging thing to see, um, especially from a vet, knowing that you know my time is like, is it's, nearing its, its end. But I I respect how how open he's been to this process. It's very interesting and, revital, and revitalize, revitalize, revitalizing his career too. Because exactly. last year he what he was out with an ACL yes. injury. It's, so. it's interesting with Jack because you you can think of it two ways. One, you can think of it as this guy is going to take my job and there are such a small amount of teams that are looking for a guy like me to start yeah. that this could be my last chance and I'm kind of helping a rookie take my, my spot. Or you can look at what she is as a mentorship role. I'm going to help, I'm going to help another young player develop into a starting caliber point guard. And that's what he's doing. He's really embraced that role, and the Knicks are going to be a better franchise going forward because of it. You're right, and the Knicks have a they have a problem that's coming really soon, um, which is the fact that Noah is coming back. He's going to come back next. Yeah. In, uh, I want to say November 11th. I think, and that's when his suspension is over, and then the Knicks have to make a decision to either. Cut. They, they probably they're not going to cut Jared Jack, but they have to cut one of their players or make a trade somewhere. And then I guess if they trade, look to you know you look at who's been inactive. Kuzmingis has been inactive. He might be the one to go. Ron Baker just signed a two year deal. He's been inactive. I don't think he's going to be the one to go because of again that two year deal. But it's going to have to be somebody. And the trade market really doesn't develop in November. So unless the Knicks are playing to give away a big just to give one away, it's probably going to have to be a Kuzmingis or, or somebody else who's inactive right now. Well, unless you, you find a way to stretch Noah or something. Oh, God. You know what I mean? He's got so much money, I don't think they're ready to do that. But, you know. I, if, would, I, I would welcome Noah back, though. I think he, I think, I hope he's fully healthy now, first of all. He better um, be. He hasn't done anything in a year. I know. He's getting paid a lot of money. I would just say that I'm really impressed by the way Jeff Hornacek has handled this team so far. 
And I, I thought yesterday was his best game as the coach. Yeah, yesterday I was agree. His best game. I agree. I don't think you would have seen a win like that last year or even years past. I think they would have just like, you know, like gave up. You know, he, you know? he played the hot hands. He wasn't afraid to do that. He And he let Lance Thomas play too, which was, that was also another thing. Lance Thomas, with. you know, obviously has not been a great scorer here, but at the end of the day, he's a very good defender. Uh, Jeff Hornacek, after the game, called Lance Thomas the team's best defender. He he played during crunch time. He was up against, you know, Oladipo and their, and their top scorers, and he was great. He was. Um, so... I know it's really early to talk about the playoffs right now, but I think the way the team is 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 playing right now, they're really hot. Um, do you see them as a legitimate playoff team, or it's still too early? What, what are your early indications, Steve? I'm, my indication so far is this is a better team than What is your thought. spidey sense telling you? My spidey sense is telling me that we were wrong to say that this, the, the sky was falling and that this is a tank 15-20 win team. They're mm-hmm. better than that. They're clearly better than that because of Chris Porzingis. But at the end of the day, can they succeed when he's averaging 23 points a game instead of 32 points a game? You know, when that 8-9 point drop-off comes, can they still win games like last night? And you know what? And that, it's not, I mean, it's not your fault, right? I think we we only base our predictions off what we've seen so far from the Absolutely. team. And the preseason and the first few games, they played, frankly, terrible. And now we're seeing a team that is coming together, and honestly, they're one of the biggest surprises in the in the NBA season. And I'm glad it's my team for once. And they're they're doing a lot of their damage at home, which right? Which right, which is you win your games at home, and you win some of the games away. And I think you could see this as a team like that'll you know get to the playoffs. So a little, I guess they're a little ahead of schedule, you can say. I'm not there yet. I don't know if... Again, to me, the only way they can make the playoffs right now is if Chris Dapps continues doing what he's doing. That's true. He's averaging 31 a game. I don't know if that's sustainable. 50-plus percent from, that's true. from the floor. It's it's going to be extremely tough for him to do that. This is a guy who um, this year has really gained a lot of strength. That's the big difference in his game where he's not... Af- not that he was afraid before, but he's taking more fouls. He's, he's attacking the rim. He's going up against you know guys who are... Um, you know, I would say stronger than him or, you know, quicker than him, but he's going up against guys who are willing to foul him. And right. he's, he's attacking the basket and, you know, he's getting a lot of and ones and I think that's been the difference in his scoring. Right. And and I don't want to just compliment his scoring. I think we should also talk about his defense. His defense I I feel like players are now starting to respect the fact that you can't go around him because Lance, you're gonna get Lance blocked. Stevenson yesterday wasn't. You can he get tried blocked. to dunk right on him and he, he paid for that dearly. You can get embarrassed by doing that. So I think defense. He's he's made improvements on both ends, and I think that's something he should be committed for. Um, really quickly, I want to talk about Frank Nilakina, which I, who I think has shown who we who we, from us when when we saw him in Nick's training in Nick's training camp on Nick's media day, we were very impressed by the way he was poised and his answers and the poise he was standing up in front of the New York press. Um, but it's showing that that's translating on the court now, uh, Steve. And I, you know, we had our doubts about him. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, I kind of, 
I'm glad I have him as my player because it, it, he's not he's not playing like a what nineteen year old nineteen year old he's not playing like a nine he's showing a lot of maturity out there he's not forcing anything and I think many young players come out here like oh I need to show that I can score and be flashy and whatever but no I think he's picked his spots and he's come up big yesterday he had two big three pointers down the stretch and I think a game like yesterday makes everyone more confident in him. He'll get more playing time, and I'm not saying he should be the starter yet, not by any means, but I think it, it shows, like, there's something we can work with here. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the long-range shooting the last couple games has been the biggest surprise. That has to give him enormous confidence to be hitting big go-ahead shots at the Garden going forward, but it's his defense, it's his length, which is probably a good reason why the Knicks drafted him in the first place. It's what's going to keep him on the floor going forward. He was all over the ball. Yesterday he was getting steal after steal. You know, he was a pest to guys like Lance Stevenson and Collison. He was, you know, just tremendous yesterday. And if he's if that's what he is going forward, if not better, then the Knicks probably got themselves a pretty decent draft pick. Right, right. And, and you know who else... Um, we obviously know the Knicks are one of the surprising teams, right? Um, but another team that I think that we kind of counted out a little bit because of Gordon Hayward's injury were the Boston Celtics. They're proving they're the best team in the East right now. And not we we didn't see that coming really after the, the, the Gordon Hayward injury. We thought this team would like suffer a bit, at least fall to the fifth or fourth seed. But right now they're leading the Eastern Conference with an 8-2 and two record. Eight straight wins. After as you said, eight straight wins, and I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about the Celtics. Like, what what has impressed you so far with them? To me, it's the them forcing the young players to kind of you know learn by fire. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown have been fantastic. They look like legit players going forward. And again, you know, was this Celtic team ready to win the East with a Gordon Hayward? I didn't think so. But now all of a sudden you're getting these guys like Brown and Tatum, serious, serious experience where when a Hayward comes back next year, all of a sudden you can be like, okay, those guys are ready. Now you have Hayward back. Kyrie's got a year in this system under his belt. You know, why can't they now win the East? So this this injury to Hayward might not be the, not the that worst it's a, thing. <laughs> not that it's a good thing. We're not saying it's a good thing. But there could wow. be some benefits to it. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that now, right? I think... Um... I think Kyrie Irving's play is also surprised. I mean, we always knew he was a top five point guard. That that was never a doubt in my mind. But the fact that he could facilitate an offense and be a good team with him being the center point, I think, says a lot about how how he's matured under LeBron with the Cavaliers and his championship success. Um, I'm I'm in, I'm I think they're the they're probably going to remain up there. I, I don't see anybody really challenging them now. You don't see anyone challenging them. Not for, not for now. Not for now. The Wizards have are still very fluky for me, even though I like, I like the Wizards. That's not the Easter Conference team I was thinking about. The Cavaliers at 4-6, and six, they've lost big games. You're going to tell teams. me they're going like to... The, they've lost to the Knicks, to the Nets, to the Hawks, to the Pelicans. Well, excuse me, the Knicks are the sixth seed in the East right now. That is true. That is true. <laughs> they all started today. They got an MVP candidate, but... So you're saying the Cavs right now are not a threat to Boston at the top? I mean, the way that the Cavs are playing with with so much lethargy, like I don't, I don't see them as a threat right now. Oh, they're, I'm, they're, I'm not there. To me, this is still the Cavs. You know, 
no, it's, conference it's, to lose. It, you're right, but uh, like I said, we're basing this off what we've seen from the team, and it's, it's, it seems like it's a team that's not motivated to be great right now. Yeah, but you know why? Because it's an 82-game regular season. No, that's At true. At the end of the day, if you said right now, seven-game series, Boston, Cavs, who wins? Well, that wouldn't happen because the Cavaliers aren't even in the playoff picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, that's a good point. <laughs> But, you know, yes, this, this Cavs team has been a little frustrated. You saw their Nick, the Nick game. They all, like, left to the locker room. We talked about that last show. Um, do you think it's time for them to panic? No, or? I don't. No? It's so okay. it's so okay. early. You've seen, you've seen LeBron teams like this get off the slow starts before. Remember the when they first when LeBron and his, his group first got to Miami, I think they were 9-8, and eight, and there was the bump, they called it, against Eric Spolster, where he bumped into him, and they said, oh, Spolster's lost the locker room, they got to fire him. Oh, my God. <laughs> seven, seven, seven years later, he's, he's you, know, you know, we're talking about him as a potential Hall of Fame coach, doing what he's doing down in Miami. So this is not, it's, we are 10, they are 10 games into an 82-game regular season. And again, they can win 45 games, they can win 55 games, they can win 65 games, you know, they can win 70 games. They're going to be judged by what they do in the postseason. So the regular season, their win total doesn't really matter as long as they get there. And the idea that the, the Cavs are in any jeopardy at all of not being one of the top three or four seeds in the East is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, we know this about the Eastern Conference. It'll most likely come down to the Celtics and Cavaliers anyway. But right now, the Cavaliers aren't showing me enough. What about the Western Conference? What are some things from the West that has like stood out for you? Um, I know you're a big fan of Damian Lillard. Yeah, I wanted to bring up Lillard. He is a wonderful player. He is just never getting the, the love he deserves. Him and McCollum, what they do in Portland year after year is just incredible. You know, Lillard's averaging over 27 a game. You know, he, he shoots well from the floor. He can shoot well from three. I don't really get why he does not get the love he deserves. He's averaging almost seven assists a game. He's a, he's a great point guard. He hit the game winner the other night on uh, TNT against the Lakers. You know, that was a fantastic game if you saw any of that. He is a great player. He is, to me, always always overlooked. Last year, he didn't make the All-Star team. He averaged 27-6-5. and five. Why, why does he not get the love that other top point guards in this league, like Westbrook and, and Irving, Un- why, why does he not get the love they get? Unfortunately, I think... It's a casualty of the place where he plays. He plays in Portland. But like Westbrook plays in Oklahoma City. That's true. Kyrie played in Cleveland. Why 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 not Portland? And again, this is not a this is not a, a bad team of a player that's putting up big numbers on a bad team. This is a team that's been a you know a four seed, a to five seed. To be honest seed. with you, it's just I you don't see enough of him. Like there are not a lot of Portland Trailblazers games on national. Well that should change. He is he is great. I, I, McCollum I is great. I don't disagree with you. I have McCollum on my fantasy team, so I know he's great. But yeah, I'm just saying, I'm mine. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's great. Um, well, the well, we need a petition to the to the to TNT and all these other big TV stations. So you know they, they, they draw they draw a lot of people. Again, that Portland game that was a, that was the only game Portland game I've seen. And you know what? To, to be honest with you, I think Damian Lillard is one of the more like fascinating players out there because he's also he also has a rap like a, he also raps outside of. Basketball. How many players are actually? How many players are actually good at rapping outside of basketball? So um, let me let me let me wrap that up with this. Damian Lillard, the last three years, has averaged twenty five 
25, 27, and 27.1 points a game. He has not been an all-star since 2014. He's made the all-star team twice. This is now his sixth season. He never gets the love he deserves. I also believe the all-star team should be bigger than it is, but that's a topic for another that's day. <laughs> the point is, TNT, ESPN, get a Portland Trailblazer game on national television. You will not regret it. Um, well then, Steve, so I guess we're going to have to petition a TNT for that. Um, all right, guys, so thank you for listening to us. Uh, we appreciate, as always, the feedback and support. Um, leave a comment on our Facebook pages, and we'll we'll try to address it in our next show. Um, that'll do it for us now. Any last words from you, Steve? Yeah, on our next show, Chris, we're going to break down the players of the first month of the season. It's going to be a full month. Great. Who Great. are the players to watch going forward? We'll break all that down on next week's All Hoops podcast. All right, guys. See you later.